0: Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Lee and Eddie's
1: detection selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a weekly podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. This is episode 20, season two. What? I'm Lee, that's Eddie.
0: Hello. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, 20! Mm. Mm. Season two? Mm. That puts us at what? Like 75 episodes? Yeah. A mad commitment, guys. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Kylie Ladd's The Way Back, we're going to be talking about Patrick Siskin's perfume, Mm -hmm. or perfume, I think, I don't know, (laughs) guys I don't speak French, and we're going to be talking about The Perfect Crime. So tell me about Kylie Ladd. All right, so this book has
1: just come out. Whoa. I finished reading it yesterday. Okay. And as you know...
0: Hot off the press.
1: As you know, I came to your house because we were going to record this podcast. Right.
0: And I was like, let's get drunk!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that did happen. But also, I needed some time to recover from reading it. Right. It was a very intense read. A very good intense read. Right. But intense nonetheless.
0: Oh, wow. See, I love an intense read, but sometimes it's too much. Would you say that this goes too far?
1: No, I'd say it was a really fantastic book. I don't want to read another one just like it today, though. Right, you know? <laughs> sure, 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 I like to shake things up a bit. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go on and just read Perfume, for example, today. Right,
0: okay, sure, sure, sure. So it's like um, Emma Donoghue's room
1: funnily enough it reminds me a lot of that book okay so this story All is right. the story of a family that focuses on 13 year old charlie okay uh it's crime fiction set in melbourne oh and i just have to say guys crime fiction writers in melbourne you're doing some amazing work
0: wow we yeah. better step up our game i know <laughs> uh, actually write a novel we should write a novel let's do it guys right. tweet us if you think we should write a novel at Crime Time pod We've got 13-year-old Charlie. Mm -hmm. It focuses on her. And her family. Right. So what's going on? The setup of the book is just showing you how this family operates.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a mom, there's a dad, there's a teenage son, and there's Charlie. Okay. Charlie has a, a great love of horses. They okay. show you down, her down at the pony club with this horse that her family are renting so for So she's, her. she's the
0: horse kid. She's the horse. Yeah. Like, like, you know, everyone like, knows a horse kid. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like in primary school and the horse kid always wants to play horse games and you're like, no, let's play like, I don't know, like some cool construction worker game. Yeah. We're like building some shit in the sand pit and then... You know, the horse kid's like, and then the boss comes and she's a pony.
1: <laughs> and I was like, guys, I want to get back to playing gladiators. Right. Do you remember that show? Oh, yes. I, I just, I, even to this day, I wish that I could go like as an adult, run oh, around a gladiator yeah, stadium. Yeah. We could go and, like, knock each other off those podiums with those big foam sticks. Ideal. I would
0: love that. I would smack you in the face with a big foam stick in a heartbeat. And I would respect that, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Because
1: that's what you sign up for when you go to the Gladiator Stadium. Anyway, I digress. So Pony
0: Club, they're renting a pony.
1: They're renting a pony. And that's not the main part of the story. The way that I was saying that this novel is similar to Emma Donoghue is that the story is that Charlie is abducted. Right. She's out on a pony club ride. Uh She gets left behind for whatever reason and she's abducted and taken to this guy's house. Okay. And we're talking about vast kind of uh, space out in King Lakes. That's where it's set. Right, right. So
0: this like regional area, really big swaths of, I guess, like bushland lots of uh, farms, all of that sort of thing. So we're talking about not exactly sparsely populated, like not as sparsely populated as you can get in Australia Mm. but pretty yeah pretty wide tracts of land in comparison to how many people are there
1: absolutely and that plays a really big you know in the land plays a really big part in the novel and like they Mm -hmm. can't find Mm -hmm. her how are they gonna track this whole area yeah
0: absolutely but
1: what what why it's similar is that after a few months she returns to the family okay and it's more of a story about how this young girl has had such a traumatizing Mm. experience Yes and returns to the family and how the family deal with the aftermath yeah. of that
0: yeah okay yeah so in the same way that emma Donahue's room is about is less about how they got in the room and more about how they're gonna get out exactly once even once they're out how are they going to mentally leave that space
1: absolutely and, yeah. and one of the quotes i think on the back of the book is all she wanted to do was escape but why does she still feel so trapped
0: Right. And I think okay. it's a great
1: quote that really speaks to the feeling of the book.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Uh,
1: I haven't given any spoilers. It's all. It says that she was abducted and returns to her family after three or four months on the back of the cover. Right. So you kind of know what's going to happen, but it's still really well written. The characters yeah. are really... Um, fleshed out Uh the family dynamics are really interesting Mm -hmm. and the changes that charlie goes through once returning to the family is um is really interesting and it's funny because the writer of this book kylie ladd is also a psychologist
0: oh Mm. okay so that's a really interesting angle to be coming at something like this from because you know often we have these crime authors who maybe used to be detectives Mm -hmm. uh forensic specialists all of that kind of stuff where their expertise really lies in the I guess crime solving part of Mm. the world and then so you've got Kylie Ladd who's coming at this from an angle of you know an expertise in mental health and understanding of like what trauma does to people that's a really interesting um yeah it's a really interesting angle to come at it from yeah it's awesome and even just small
1: bits of information that you know must have been I imagine they're Kylie Ladd's ideas but Mm. about how those strong relationships between child and horse are so um fundamental in those early teen stages and she speaks about it as a time to learn about forming relationships, mm. I just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to confess at this point, I wasn't a, a horse kid, but yeah, I did have, I you know, I, I rode horses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grew up in rural south australia Mm -hmm. which is why i say dance instead of dance (laughs) and plant instead of plant yeah do you i do yeah Yeah. i say plant yeah yeah so for any celebs who are listening to like figure out their australian accents we've got lee over here with the victorian accent Mm -hmm. and me over here with a south australian one Mm -hmm. but yes so i grew up you know around horses a lot And there is that kind of bond. Like, I remember being one of those kids with that kind of magical thinking of like, this horse knows me. Yes. You know, this horse understands me. And then the horse would like, try and kill me. And I'd be like... you know they're a wild animal like this you like you were just to fit because you got thrown off the back of a horse didn't you oh many times many times no one time i was on a pony mm. i would have been maybe 12 11 or 12 on the back of this pony and there's another bigger pony in front with my little sister on it i don't know if they like collaborated on this shit but like, i wouldn't put it
1: past right? them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so the pony i'm on bucks and usually i wouldn't come off but i did yeah i gotta boast a little bit i'm pretty good yeah well not anymore but i was yeah anyway so i come off i'm flying through the air as i'm flying through the air pony in front kicks me in the head oh
1: they tag team (laughs)
0: g I was like a fastball special and I was the fastball <laughs> yeah and that's why you wear a helmet yes <laughs> <laughs> and it's also where I got my superpowers go on yeah so that's why I read so fast because I was kicked in the Empire a horse, and it just recircuited my entire brain I see that yeah don't know if I believe it but I hear you <laughs> <laughs> you hear the words that I've
1: said so I-, I would give this book five out of five five ponies out of five Five ponies out of five wow. look at the only small thing I had with it, and it's not even huge, uh-huh. it was that the writing from like the young people's perspectives uh-huh. at like a young person party, I feel like it felt a bit dated. Right, right? okay, okay. And they like would... they all show up and
0: they're like, What's hip daddy? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
1: a little bit like the young, I don't know, maybe you know, I work with young people and I like, I don't really hear them using like you know, homophobic slurs so much anymore, right? Sure, or sure, sure. Um, just language that's a bit dated to maybe when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, I don't think okay. they're using that kind of language now so that just felt a bit like sure 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 it's just a bit like oh this is rubbing me the wrong way or something right oops sorry
0: unprofessional a text message during recording i just got a very loving text
1: from my girlfriend well
0: you know not everyone has loving girlfriends
1: (laughs) i'm just rubbing it in just
0: rub it in
1: no yes i really enjoyed it that was just a small part i would check it out definitely kylie lad i loved it i love the crime fiction that's coming out of melbourne
0: yeah this
1: book and as i said it's so intense right there was a moment halfway through the book where i was like i have to put this down for a minute right and then i came back the next day and wow. finished it you know she's abducted it's violent it's yeah. it's uh the violence not particularly explicit although it's sure. there and the depth of the darkness of the novel really got to mm. me
0: you often hear about books that are like you know impossible to put down like mm. people you know talk about that, they're like oh i couldn't put it down it's absolutely riveted But sometimes for me, the books that are really... Uh, huge and monumental are books that you kind of have to take a little break from because of how heavy and how well written Mm. how evocative like Toni Morrison's Beloved Mm. really springs to mind like those kinds of books that are so I don't know I guess important Mm. and as a reader they are exhausting and they're exhausting for a really good reason
1: yeah do you know something that I've had to learn to stop doing is when I'm reading a book that I'm just absolutely loving and I Uh don't do you ever get that feeling where you don't want to to finish yes yeah, I don't want to close this book uh-huh, uh-huh. so I like try and prolong it right so I say there's like five chapters left I'll put it down and I'll, I'll be like I have something to come back to I'll, I'll be right. back to you yeah. but then I just lose interest in it oh. which is a silly thing to do I'm stopping it as of right now right
0: but... yeah guys keep Lee in check if you get the feeling at any point during your day that Lee has probably just put a book down for no good reason, you tweet us.
1: If you get a vibe, if you get a feeling, if yeah. you get a psychic feeling, you're probably right.
0: Yeah. Send us a tweet. Say, Lee, pick that book up. Speaking of psychics,
1: though, we Tell got a wonderful me. tweet Yes, on our Twitter. On you can, our Twitter. You can uh, tweet us at Crime Time Pod. But someone suggested that we do...
0: Oh, so there was another podcast that has been offering Ouija boards for their um, horror
1: film or something yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's like a Kickstarter one of our fantastic Twitter followers the last wine mm. challenged us <laughs> to put our listeners in contact with the dead
1: which I saw that tweet and I was like yes yes please
0: I'm so into this idea and I saw that tweet and I had to go change my pants. <laughs> Because that is not going to happen, guys. If you want us to put you in contact with the, you know, with the dead uh, or like demons or some shit, I'm going to say call Lee for that one and leave me out
1: of it. I'll be your hookup. I don't know how I'll do it, but I'll do it. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe we should do a seance sometime.
1: I would love to do that.
0: Let's never do a seance. Funny
1: that you say that. I've got a Ouija board just in that room behind you.
0: Well, I thought I felt a dark presence emanating... (laughs) I'm gonna say bags, nah.
1: Okay, what if enough people tweet saying that we should do a Ouija board?
0: I'm gonna say it's got to be a high number. Like how many? Like oh, I don't know, like a hundred. A
1: hundred. A hundred. Okay, I'm gonna because a- I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm gonna put a Twitter poll up uh, after we put this up tomorrow. Vote on it, people. No. Make Eddie do a Ouija board no. with me.
0: No, it's got to be a hundred responses. A hundred. It's never gonna happen. I'm saying it now. <laughs> Hell no, I won't go. <laughs> So, Patrick Suskind is an author from, I think, Germany. So, this was originally written in German. And I am reading the translation by John E. Woods. Mm-hmm. So, alright, let me set the scene. Paris. I'm there. You're there, you're there. What, t- what, what time of year is it? I, don't I know, if... I need to be imagining the
1: weather. Am I cold? Am I hot? Am I wearing a t-shirt with a
0: cool <laughs> breeze? <laughs> so, Paris, 18th century. There is a baby born. And it's a it's a foundling the the mother is uh not in the picture mm-hmm. so we've just got this baby and the weird thing about this baby is it doesn't smell right. of anything right so you know like babies everyone's always talking about how babies smell great they're like mm, a baby
1: don't get me started right yes. okay I've never <laughs>
0: sniffed a baby guys really? <laughs> no it will happen one day bring me a baby I'll yeah. sniff that I'll <laughs> sniff that baby No, anytime anyone's like passing around a baby, like, would anyone like to hold the baby? I always like drop something and they're like, not you. You may not hold this small human being. I'm
1: taking notes right now. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Guys, don't hand me your baby. Hold on to the baby while I sniff it. (laughs) So it creeps a lot of people out that this baby smells of absolutely nothing. Mm. As he grows up, he, it, it kind of comes to pass that he has the most magnificent sense of smell so he smells of nothing but has an amazing sense of smell exactly so 18th century Paris it's a pretty stinky place
1: as soon as you said 18th century Paris I was imagining the
0: funk right cuz you know I've read a lot of Victor Hugo I know quite a bit about the uh, sewer systems (laughs) of Paris at the time Not great, not ideal. Mm. So I could I could go on for, <laughs> for a really long time, and I shouldn't because I complain about Victor Hugo doing it. But basically, he discovers perfume as a trade, as a thing, and he's fascinated by this idea of taking uh, something that smells of something and preserving that scent mm. in various ways mm-hmm. he's also a bit evil he's well i don't know about evil who knows anyway so he smells certain people and is like that smell right there mm. is a perfume i need to make but how are you going to get that i mean if you want to get the smell of an orange you have to pick the orange you want to get a smell of a flower you got to pick the flower you want to get the smell of a i person, know where this is going
1: you have to pick the person <laughs>
0: And pick them, he does. He deads them. He deads them. Oh,
1: it's <laughs> so is, creepy. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's quite a bit of murder in in Perfume. It's really viscerally written. So for me, I find it really difficult to go along with a lot of sensory information mm. in, a, in a novel. Like, I think that there are authors who do it really, really well. Like, you think of The Modernist, Virginia Woolf. I think is probably the one who I really think of when I think of that kind of deep sensory information that kind of just comes at you Mm -hmm. in waves. Mm -hmm. And I do think Patrick Suskind does a really great job of this. I don't know what it's like in the original German, but in, in the English, it's really, really good. It's really, really disturbing as well, I think is something that I didn't expect. So I read a lot of crime fiction, I read a lot of horror, I read a lot of thriller, all of that sort of stuff. You're a
1: well-rounded guy. I'm a
0: well-rounded guy. I'm a renaissance man. (laughs) But um, I just, I found that this really intense sensory aspect to this novel... Really made the kind of stuff about like murder and about like bodies and all of that kind of stuff really disturbing. Yeah.
1: When I read this book, I, I I drew parallels between this might be a bit random, but Dexter. Yeah. And the the opening scene or the opening credits of Dexter where they're like cooking up the bacon and like cutting mm, it up and all mm, that kind mm. of real sensory fleshy kind yeah, of representation. Yeah. It's like
0: watching an ASMR. Yes. Right. So it's like this kind of really really exaggerated. Focus on the sensory. And I think that that's what makes this book so disturbing and so successful, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I mean, he he kills a lot of people. Yeah. And, and mostly women. And he's like obsessed with sniffing them, and it's yeah, really gross. It's so gross. And there's a few like weird things in it. Like, I think at some point he goes into a cave for like 10 years. And just like hangs out in the cave. So it's, it's just, just, just
1: chilling. Just chilling in yeah. the cave. It's getting back to nature.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he like starts making all of these like perfumes that smell like successful people that people are like drawn to. Yeah. So he like uses this perfume to like make people think he's cool because yes. he has no scent himself.
1: You know, if I think about that, I went somewhere the other day and I just smelled someone and they had a really fantastic smell and it just, it, there's a profile there. Right? Yeah. You like haven't, you already uh, are gathering an understanding of what that person might be like.
0: Yeah. Fully. I mean, I feel like sometimes you meet someone and it's not that they smell bad. It's that they smell off to you. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And you're like, nah, I think, I think that's the thing.
1: Yeah, I often say that, that I'm very attracted to particular pheromones. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. Oh gosh. But yeah, I would give this probably four and a half bottles of perfume. It's a movie as well. I hear that. I mm. don't know if I don't know if it would translate. Have you seen the film? I haven't seen the film. Guys, let us know. Does perfume, the story of a murderer, translate into film? Because for me, the really important thing is the smell. And it's not like you can go out and see it on smell vision
1: So true, but that just brings to mind, you know, John Waters, fantastic queer uh, film director. Yes. He makes really kind of disturbing, arty, weird films. Yeah, yeah.
0: My favorite thing that John Waters has ever said was he was talking about the millennial generation. Mm and he's like you know like it's really cool there are all these like hacktivists all these people being like cyborg and all of that kind of stuff it's really cool but you don't have an outfit like what would i be wearing if i was taking down the government with a computer like i don't know a hoodie it's just not okay get a better look Um, and i just feel like that is the only millennial criticism that i will ever accept
1: i love him yeah um he released a limited edition um uh, book that you could get when you're watching a particular film of his and you could scratch and sniff it oh my god and it, like had all these disgusting smells and these great smells that's and it was awful. like i love it yeah so yeah two pretty daunting books
0: guys it's gonna it's a heavy week
1: it's a heavy week
0: yeah but that's uh let's lighten it up a bit let's lighten it up a bit with uh the perfect crime I was thinking about this the other day yeah we read a lot of crime we watch a lot of horror we watch a lot of crime all of this kind of stuff we're always in these like procedural cop shows all of that kind of thing do you think that having access to all of this information maybe makes it so that we could commit the perfect crime
1: (gasps) i've never thought about it like that wink wink of course i have (laughs) I really like a good resolution. Yeah. Whether that is that the the crime is pulled off or mm, somehow mm. that the situation is resolved. Yeah. So I, what comes to mind straight away is Ring. Okay. Okay. So at the I'm sorry guys, you've had enough time to see it. There was the Japanese original and it was made into a English speaking film ages ago, so you've had lots of time yeah, to watch yep. it. Yeah.
0: Spoiler warnings for the Ring saga
1: yeah so this person watches a video then they get a phone call that says you have seven days and then they have seven days until they die
0: and that thing scared the shit out of me
1: yeah it was terrifying
0: let's be honest that hair over the face this
1: young girl that's dead demon like crawls out of a television it's the first time i'd ever seen anything like that i was 16 at home alone and it scared the. Jesus out of me
0: like fair yeah i'm gonna say that's fair.
1: <laughs> anyway the protagonist figures out that uh if you get someone else to watch the video then it skips you and you get right. saved so her son watches the video so then she has to figure out a way to get someone else to watch the video right and she takes it to her dad this elderly guy and gets him to watch it what? and while i'm like oh that's sad i'm like well she figured out a way to resolve this situation. Yeah. Okay. And I think he was like dying. It was like somewhere off. I don't know where I like to imagine that he was already ill or something. Right. Was it
0: maybe he agreed to it?
1: I don't think he did. Well, that's not it. Yeah. (laughs) That's murder. But resolution, like that there was some kind of, uh, it wrapped up in some way.
0: So I would agree with you on the, if I'm consuming a particular type of media and I'm left with no resolution. I absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it 100%. But I also hate it when a particular, you know, ingenious crime is foiled. Yes. Cuz I'm always like, "Oh no." <laughs> cuz I really love like when an ingenious crime is like pulled off, not necessarily in real life, although. <laughs> I just have a soft spot for bank robbers. Yeah. Anyway, not that you can really do that nowadays cuz they got like whew, armored rhinoceroses in every like bank or something i got
1: really into that film the town they were like bank robbers i don't know what ben affleck starred in it i don't know i just got really behind them you know some broke guys down on their luck trying to pull off some really good crimes nice yeah
0: but yeah so i'm not going to say what the name of this film is because it's a great film and also i can't remember the name (laughs) but there was this really great film where The bank robbers come in and they dress all of the hostages exactly the same as all the bank robbers. And then they move all the hostages around to different rooms, including some of the bank robbers, like switching the backwards and forwards so that everyone has an alibi.
1: So good. So
0: when the cops come in, they can't tell who the bank robbers Mm -hmm, were mm -hmm. and they can't necessarily even tell if there's any money been taken. (laughs) So... And that's all I'm going to say about that because there is actually another twist to that particular film. But, yeah, it was really good. That is a really good idea. Right? Um, Let me think. Are there any others that come to mind? I don't know. I'm out. Oh, yeah. I mean, so for me, the one place that I hate the perfect crime is in a crime film or book where there's a murder taking place. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that I kind of love is murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave that one open. Cause I don't want to, you know, spoil it, people's dreams. It's a classic. Yeah. But sometimes I'm just like, you know, no, you can't just go around murdering people. Please get caught. And it always, I guess I love a bit of resolution. I love to know how it was done. Mm. I feel like that for me, watching a film, reading a book, I always feel like, One of the conventions of crime is that the author is being very clever and they're going to show you what cleverness they've done. And I feel like if I haven't been shown that cleverness, I'm like, well, dang, I I feel bored or or annoyed or like I was promised something and I didn't get it. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's really good writing or really interesting when I get behind someone that has committed a murder and Mm. then I want them to get away with it. Because it kind of yeah. goes against my like belief system or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. if you've been able to do that, then that's really great writing. You know what great getaway book there was? Tell me. Talented Mr. Ripley.
0: Oh, true. Mm. Have we spoken about this?
1: I, I believe we may have.
0: It's so good. I absolutely love it. Ripley is such an intense character. Tom Ripley. I really want to read some more.
1: Isn't there a prequel or a sequel?
0: There's Yeah, there's a bunch of Ripley yeah.
1: novels. You guys, if you have any amazing stories yes. where someone has gotten away with murder or it's been resolved in an amazing way. Yes,
0: let us know. The perfect crime, the perfect crime novel what the, is the it perfect to you?
1: fictional crime yeah
0: we don't want to know any unsolved murders they scare us shitless i don't
1: want to know what you stole from the local shop when you were 12 <laughs> and how you got you never got caught
0: yeah i don't want to hear about the zodiac killer i don't want to hear about the black dahlia they scare the shit out of me we don't do true crime for a very good reason and that's because i like to be out of sleep yeah <laughs> so
1: anyway get in touch crime time pod on twitter you can email us at crime time podcast at gmail.com
0: you can comment on this very episode on on our beautiful website crime mm-hmm. and if you guys wanna support our beautiful podcast so that we can raise the quality maybe even I don't know get an Ouija board <laughs> um you can support us on Patreon there's a little orange uh I guess like sticker on our website that says become a patron. All of the information about that is there.
1: Yeah. I also just updated our user profile. Yeah. So it's uh, patreon.com backslash time podcast.
0: Nice. Is it a backslash? It could be a forward slash. Try what it out. Those? It's yeah. like, a, like
1: a detective mystery. Whoa. You are the detective.
0: Can you guys solve it? Is it a backslash or a forward slash?
1: We'll leave it in your hands.
0: Bye. Bye.